Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Thank you so much. Can we give a massive round of applause for our pastor, Pastor Ken Lee and Pastor Chrissy Lee, who is not with us today, but uh, we're just so grateful for their leadership. Amen. Hey, uh, who's excited to be in the house of God this morning? If you're watching online, it's such a privilege to be dialing into your room or your church location. And I'm believing God is going to speak to you. I want to ask you to open up your heart, open up your ears, not to what I've got to say, but what the Holy Spirit is already wanting to speak to you about today. Did anyone come to church today to encounter God? Come on, I love it. I love being in a place of encounter where the presence of God is. And I, I really feel this. I feel like God wants to stir some things. He wants to shake some things. And so turn to your neighbor right now. I do this in our youth ministry, but turn to them and say, get ready. Turn to your other neighbor, the one you just rejected, and tell them, please get ready. Hey, no, one, no one's rejected here today. Uh, but like Pastor Ken said, my name is Matt. I get to be on the youth staff here at our Myri campus. And uh, can I tell you, Nations Youth Ministry is the place to be every single Friday night. Give me a big wave if you have a, uh, a child that is in high school age. Give me a big, big wave. Can we just give a massive round of applause to all of you guys? Honestly, you guys are legends. I, I see them for a few hours every Friday, but you have to live with them. Shatarabasi, just God, give grace. But um, honestly, now Nations Youth, it's amazing just what God is doing week in and week out. Uh, just, just recently, you know, last Friday night, we had a really powerful touch of God and uh, we preached on the power of praying in tongues. And uh, we had this altar full of young people. Many of them received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and started praying in new tongues for the first time. In our Year 7 Girls Connect, there was 11 of them came and six of them started speaking in tongues for the first time. We actually had one leader and God really placed it on uh, th- this young man's heart to pray for a Connect student uh, just for God to touch his life. And so this leader was praying for him all week. One of your children he was praying for got to the altar call, he came forward, placed a hand on him. The moment he placed a hand on him, the guy got filled with the Holy Spirit, started praying in tongues as well. We just had so such a move of God. And can I tell you, it's so beautiful just seeing young people lingering in the presence of God. I love that we are in a church that celebrates the presence of God. Come on, we're a church that's about faith and we, we celebrate encounter. Why? Because the encounter has the power to change your life. I'm standing here today because at a, as 11 years old, I went to a church that facilitated an atmosphere of encounter and I met with Jesus. And I believe there's something so powerful about those moments and those encounters with God. You know, uh, a few weeks ago, I was at our Belmont youth campus as well. And there was a leader there that um, had been praying for the baptism of God's Spirit for a couple of years and hadn't quite received it and wasn't sure if it was for him. But it was so beautiful seeing him come and respond to the altar and God touch his life and collapse on the floor and start praying in tongues for the first time. I love that we're in a house where God is moving, where God is revealing himself. You know, I just want to share one last testimony and I'm not, I'm not sharing it just to hype me up, but I believe it creates an atmosphere of faith. And I want you to know that if you're sending your young people to our youth ministry, you're sending them to an encounter with God. Come on, we're not just playing church. We're not ticking boxes. We're actually leading them to the reality of who Jesus is. You know, a few months ago, we had a girl come to our youth ministry, not from a church background. And uh, I, I felt in the worship time that God was healing someone's wrist. And so I asked around, I was like, hey, did someone's wrist, right wrist just got healed? I was looking around and literally just in this section right here, this girl puts up her hand 
and uh, she actually had a growth on her wrist that shrunk down in that moment and God completely healed her wrist. We got her out to pray for her and we're just praying for her. And as, as we're praying, I see a picture in my mind of this gold-tipped pen. And I'm just praying and I, I see, and I'm saying, I see this tip, gold-tipped pen and I feel like God's placed a gift of creativity on you and you're going to write and God's going to meet you as you're writing. You're going to write revelations about God. Anyway, the service moves on. She actually gives her heart to God that night. She comes up to me in the foyer after. She's like, you're not going to believe it. By my bedside table, I have a journal with a gold-tipped pen sitting there. She shows me this photo of it. I was like, oh my gosh, God knows who you are, man. See, we serve a God who knows, who sees, and who speaks to people. And so I want to say thank you to every single parent that has sent your child to youth ministry when they didn't want to go, that taught them to prioritize encounter, prioritize the house of God. You guys are legends. I want to say thank you to every parent watching online that prays for our Friday night program because without the Holy Spirit, we would not be able to see what we're seeing happening. And God is moving and it's a place to be. But um, I really feel in my heart this morning to bring a message uh, out of what God's been doing in the life of our youth ministry. And because I feel like it's not just a word for our teenagers, I, I feel as prophetically it's a word for us as a church. And uh, this whole term, we've called it prayer warriors. And it's because I believe that every single person is called to be a prayer warrior in God. And what's been beautiful is we've seen young people develop a prayer life. We had a testimony of a guy who couldn't pray for more than five minutes and he got alone with God and was praying and looked at his phone and realized a whole hour had gone by of him praying. I believe that God is wanting to stir an atmosphere and a season of prayer. And God is wanting to bring us back this morning to a place or back to the basics where we talk with God. And so I want to ask you to stand to your feet all across this place for the reading of God's Word. If you're watching online, would you stand with us if you're able to? We want to honour the Word of God in, in God's house today. And I want to read a passage of Scripture in the book of Mark. Everyone say Mark. Say it like American. Say Mark. With the R. Mark. Chapter 10. Verse number 46 through to 52. It reads this, Then they re reached Jericho, and as Jesus and His disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus. Everyone say Bartimaeus. Son of Timaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. I love the faith to which he approached Jesus with. He jumped up and he came to Jesus. And this is where the scripture gets really interesting. We read in verse number 51. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, what do you want me to do for you? And someone just right now received $50 from your neighbor right there. Some of you just got a free lunch in Jesus' name. Now Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. Verse 52, and Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you instantly. Everyone say instantly. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Can we give God a great big clap of praise for this passage of scripture? He's the same God yesterday, today and forever. There's such an anointing of God in this house. And I believe today the, my assignment is to stir you. And the title of this sermon today is simply this, The Power of Your Prayer. Because I believe God wants to unlock the power of your prayer in your life. Not your neighbor's prayer, 
not your grandmother's prayer, not the person behind you's prayer. No, the power of your prayer. See, the enemy knows the power of your prayer, but do you know the power of your prayer? I believe God is wanting to bring us back to the power and the reality of talking with God today. And I believe that God is going to birth some things out of what He says this morning. So would you join with me in praying one time? If you're comfortable, just lift your hands all across this auditorium. Holy Spirit, we honour You. We honour Your anointing. We thank You that You're here. God, I pray even though I might be speaking, would You be speaking to people, God? Would You be stirring? God, I pray that ministries would be birthed this morning, God. I pray that ideas would come. I pray that desires would be awakened, God. I see prayer warriors rising up, Lord God. I see watchmen, Lord God, who will watch after ministries and peoples and be shepherds of those spiritually God I pray would you stir a spiritual atmosphere of prayer and would you turn us into prayer warriors for your glory and for your namesake God I ask that this would be the work of your spirit and not the work of my conversation in Jesus mighty name we give you all honor all the glory all the praise and everyone said everyone said let's just give God a clap of praise right there amen 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 you guys can take your seat take your seat thank you so much Mr. Varagis, you're a, a good man, a good man. Hey, I don't know about you, but uh, I personally have kind of struggled with prayer in my life. Have you ever, has anyone struggled with prayer before? Can I, any, any honest people? You know, when it comes to worship, man, I love, I love worship. I love the presence of God. I get lost in worship. Or maybe it's the Word. It's like, man, it's so easy. You read from there to there, and, and I enjoy it. But if I'm honest, when it gets to prayer, it's kind, of, it's kind of like the weird cousin at the family reunion. You know, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, on you, buddy. You know, just kind of stay over there. But I believe today that God is wanting to highlight and bring us back to the simplicity and the power of our prayer. Did you know that your prayer literally has the power to change things? As Christians, we should never assume that God's will will just be done. Why? Because the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 6, it says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If God's will was just going to be done, Jesus would never tell us to pray for it. But the reality is your prayer has the power to change your reality here on earth. Your prayer has the power to release angels. Did you know when Jesus was in the garden, he was praying to the Father? And do you know how the, the garden of Gethsemane, right before he was crucified, and you know how the Father responded? The Bible records he sent angels to minister to Jesus. Do you know that when Peter was in prison in Acts chapter 12, the church was earnestly praying for him? And how did God respond? God sent an angel to Peter in prison and literally took him out of that jail cell. Did you know, and I love this, this is what Pastor Jensen Franklin says, the curse of prayerlessness is unemployed angels. Do you know there is a host of heaven waiting for you to speak? There is assignments that God wants to do. There are things that God wants to release. There is resources in heaven God is wanting to respond to. The Bible says He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. There are things God is wanting to accomplish, but He's looking for someone whose hearts turn towards Him, who's saying, God, I'm not just available. I want to pray. I want to open my mouth. I want to speak Your will into being. See, there is great power in our prayer. And the reality is the enemy knows the power of your prayer, which is why for so many of us, he's tried to quench it and crush it. Just like the disciples in Matthew 28, when Jesus said, watch and pray that you would not fall into temptation, they got tired and they couldn't keep their eyes open. So many of us, that's our experience. We get to, every time we get to prayer, it's like, man, I'm sleepy all of a sudden, or I can't really find time for it, or I, I, I feel uncomfortable, I get a tightness in my throat, or, you know, there's just so many things that go on that make me want to avoid prayer. Why? The enemy understands the power of your prayer. But my question is, do you understand the power of your prayer? Do you understand that heaven is listening to what you say? Do you understand that when you speak, God 
God is paying attention and He is literally moving on part of what you have to say. And this morning, I want to give us three keys. I'm going to give you three keys to unlocking the power of prayer in your life. This is not an exhaustive list or the only way to pray, but I believe there are some truths that we can pull from Scripture that if we allow it to hit our heart, it can radically change our lives. And, you know, I'm, I'm not there myself I'm still on a journey. As much as we've been preaching on prayer warriors at youth ministry, I'm still struggling to get up to pray, but I'll set my alarm for the next day. You know, I'm still on this journey of wanting to carve out time. Why? Because I want to give God something of value and I want to become a man of prayer. I don't want to leave prayer just to the, the, you know, the great aunties and uncles that can minister. No, I want to be someone of prayer myself. And so I want to invite you, come on a journey with me today to allowing the Holy Spirit to convict your heart and to stir you to be a man or a woman of prayer. And it might feel like a million things flying at you all at once, but I want to encourage you, if one of them just, whoa, let there be light. In Jesus' name. If you are watching online, just turn the lights on in your living room so you can be part of this moment with us. You know, turn to your neighbor, check out the bags underneath their eyes, you know. I love it. The light exposes all darkness. It's powerful stuff. Anyway. But I want to invite you, it's going to feel like there's a hundred things flying at you, but why don't you take hold of what the Holy Ghost is convicting you of? Because on the other side of that, it's going to be change. Is that okay? Point number one I want to encourage us with is that if we want to unlock the power of prayer, number one, pray specifically. Turn to your neighbor and say, pray specifically. You know, I remember when I was the youth pastor at Port Kennedy a few years ago, I had my worship leader pull out on a Monday, I say, hey, bro, I can't do it anymore. I was like, dang it, this sucks. And I was stressed out. I was worried. I was like messaging everyone that I knew, like, please, someone come help me. And my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, was sitting in the car next to me. And she turns to me, and she goes, why don't you pray about it? I looked at her and I was like, I don't need prayer. I need a worship leader. <laughs> Like, I love that you're spiritual, but I literally just need someone to come on the road. Maybe if the roster's filled, I'll pray for God to use them, but I literally just need someone to respond and say, yes, I'm stressing out. And I'm a youth pastor at this time, and I'm teaching young people, you know, give your hearts to God, cry out to God, but I am forsaking prayer in my life. And so I decided to submit to what the Lord was convicting me of through my wonderful girlfriend at the time, my wife now. And Have you ever ever had a prayer before where you didn't really want to pray? (laughs) Hi, God. Me again. I pray, God, for a worship leader this Friday. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Awesome. 30 minutes goes by. Get a text from someone, and it's like, hey, bro, yeah, I'd love to. You can count on me. I look at my phone. I look at my wife, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, my gosh, prayer actually works. I'm a youth pastor telling people God's the God of the impossible. He can move mountains. And I can't even believe God to provide me a worship leader. You know, I'm telling people prayer moves, but I wasn't even applying prayer in my life. And who here has the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, you know? And you'll know if you have YouVersion, if you have your notifications turned on. If you don't have that, you go to your settings, you go to your notifications, you turn it on. You'll get a verse of the day come through. And, you know, that verse of the day, it's not your Bible reading for the day. It's separate to your already existing Bible reading plan. Amen, somebody. And so I want to forget the verse of the day popped up on my phone. And this was the verse of the day. Can we put it up? It said this in John chapter 16, verse 24. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. God was convicting me, man, you've actually, if you've got need, you've actually got to ask. If you've got a problem, you've actually got to turn that into a prayer. And, you know, I feel for so many of us, we're great at complaining, we're great at having problems, but so how often do we actually take those problems and turn them into prayers? And you know what's interesting about this account? 
In Mark chapter, uh, sorry, Mark chapter 10, it reads in verse number 49, Jesus heard him. He stopped and said to him, tell him to come here. Bartimaeus drew aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Such a peculiar question. Jesus could clearly see the guy was blind. He had a coat on. He probably stumbled his way over there. But he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And my rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. See, Jesus knew that he was blind. Without even being the son of God, he could see that. But not only that, Jesus knew the needs of everyone else in the crowd that day. And what's awesome about the scripture, it was the, the, the blind man's position that got him into the presence of God. He decided to rock up to where the crowd was. Just like you and I are here today, watching online or in this room, we're in the presence of God. Not only that, it was the blind man's desperation that got the attention of Jesus. He was crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. You know, he was crying out, and that caught the attention of God. But catch this. It was the blind man's position that got him to the presence. It was the blind man's desperation that got the attention. But it was his prayer that caused God's hand to move. In other words, God did not respond to his needs or his wants. God responded to what he asked for. And I believe so often we can have needs, we can have issues, but we've actually got to take the time to turn those needs and make them specific and turn them into prayers. We can't just expect God to respond to what we haven't asked for him for. Do you know that as a child of God, you have permission to come to your father and actually ask him for things, actually talk to him. And I think one of the reasons we don't receive specifically is because we're not asking specifically. And there's a difference between God, help my, my sister down the road, amen, as opposed to God, I pray for Susan who lives down the street, God, whose son right now is sick, God, I command healing in that body in Jesus' name. God, would you send angels, Lord God, to that room to minister, Lord, I pray for health, I pray for life, I pray this will not end in death, but in the glory of God in Jesus' name. See, when you pray specifically, you give God opportunity to answer specifically. And I know in my life, one of the areas I failed so much in is I've had prayer and worship, but I haven't prayed specifically. If we want to unlock the power of prayer in our life, point number one, pray specifically. Point number two, if you're taking notes, is simply this, pray privately. Matthew chapter six, verse number five, six. Again, this is not the only way to pray. But there are some clear keys in scripture we can learn. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. But Turn your neighbor and say, but. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father will, who sees in secret will reward you. See, before Jesus instructs his disciples how to pray, he tells them where to pray. Before he teaches them the Lord's Prayer, he says, hey, before we do that, go into your room and close the door. I believe that closed door wasn't just so that other people wouldn't hear what was going on inside. It would prevent other people from coming in and interrupting. But how often do we come to our time of prayer and it's like at any moment, the door is wide open for someone to contact us. The door is wide open. Oh, the new Instagram reels come up. Or yeah, I actually need to message that person. And it's like, we're saying, God, I, I want more of you, but we're not closing the door in our lives. So often we give God convenient prayer rather than consecrated prayer. But I believe God is stirring us this morning to come back to a place where we give God something that costs us something. Come on, if it doesn't mean anything to us, why would we think it means anything to Him? God is not just worthy of your life, surrender and altar. He's worthy of your time. He's worthy of your attention. He's worthy of you carving out space to be with him. You know, I, I said this to our teenagers at youth ministry, but imagine if you had a friend and every time you caught up with them, they were always busy doing something else. 
So, oh yeah, come hang out with me on Monday. You go to their house, you're hanging out, and they've got four other friends over that they seem to be more interested in than you. And they're kind of acknowledging you here and there, but they're really doing their own thing. A week goes by, you see them again the next Monday, and uh, you're like, awesome, finally get to talk, figure out who this person is, get to know them. And they're like, oh, so great you're here. Hey, I've just got all these chores to do. We've got to paint this fence over here, got to clean. Can you like help me while I do it? And they're busy constructing all this stuff. After a few weeks, you'll probably give up on that friendship. Why? Because you realize as much as they saying they want to get to know you, they're not even giving you the time of day. How often, though, do we treat God the same way? Where God, yeah, I want to pray, but I'm going to pray when it's convenient for me. I'm going to pray in between the work meeting or in the car or, you know, as I'm doing something else. And so often we give God prayer, but we don't give Him consecrated prayer. We give Him convenient prayer. But I believe God is bringing us back to a place this morning, church, of giving God something that costs us something. Why? Because it means something to us. It means something to Him. Your time is your worship. Your time is valuable to God. He loves you and He is worthy of every moment we can give Him. You know, David said this to someone that was trying to pay for his sacrifice. He said, no, in 2 Samuel 20, verse 24, I insist on buying it. I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. You know, David was getting a freebie right now. We would see that like, oh, awesome. God's provision. No, but David said, I don't want to give God an offering that costs me nothing. I believe we need to catch that heart where it says, God is worthy of anything I can give. If I can book an appointment for this person, I can make an appointment for my God. If I can make space for them, I can make space for you, God. It's not religion. It's not you have to. It's not a condemnation thing, but God is worthy of your time. And the reason why it's important to be consecrated, I believe it, it says it right here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. Your Father who is in secret. If you want to meet someone, the best place to meet them is where they live. When I was growing up in New Zealand, I lived there when I was 6 to 11 years old. And uh, we didn't have mobile phones back then. I had a bicycle. And so if I want to hang out with my friend Alex, you know what I'd have to do? I'd actually have to jump on my bike and ride over to his house, knock on the door. You know, there's really soft doors in New Zealand. And uh, he would, his mum would open the door and uh, he'd say, hey, is Alex there? Like, yeah, 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 he's coming. And I'd go and I'd spend time with Alex if I want to hang with my friend a deer. This is revolutionary. It's going to blow your mind. You wouldn't believe where I had to go to hang out with a deer. I had to go to a deer's house. I actually like walk over to a deer's house, go, go knock on the door. No, 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 knock. Oh, this knock's a bit better than the other one. You know, open the door. Hey, is a deer here? Yeah, he is here. Come in, I'd spend time. If you want to hang out with me, the best chance of catching me is if you go to where I live. And the Bible is clear about where God lives. God, he might visit in an altar. He might speak to you in a podcast or in a sermon. But the Bible says your father who is in secret will reward you. Your father, God, has a place of dwelling and it's called the secret place. See, the reason we need consecration is because that is where God is. God is wanting to meet you where he lives. Will you meet him there? See, consecration cuts the door to other things and it provides space for the father to meet us there. I remember being a young man and learning to pray and I'd, I'd have a CD, a little City Point worship album I'd put on every day and I'd carve out 30 minutes a day and I'd put it on my CD player and I'd pace back and forth in, in my bedroom just praying, talking to God, checking the time, talking to God. Yeah, God, I thank you for this day. And I'd do that day in and day out and day in and day out. But can I tell you, those are some of the most precious moments to me now because I, I remember so vividly with no one being around, people in bed, not, not noisy, no lights, the Father would come and meet me there. His presence would fill my bedroom. 
He personally would come and meet me in that place. I believe the reason consecration is so important is when we make space for God, He makes spaces for you and I. When we draw near to God, He draws near to us. I believe that if we want to unlock the power of prayer in our life, number one, we need to pray specifically. Number two, we need to pray privately. And number three is pray earnestly. I want to invite the band to come and join me. The Bible says in Acts chapter 12, verse number one to five, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this was met with approval by the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. Herod has just killed James. Not only that, after that, they take Peter and they put Peter in prison and he's intending to do the same. Peter is on death row. And I love this. It says in verse number five, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church, I love that. That's you and I. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Point number one, pray specifically. Point number two, pray privately. And point number three, pray earnestly. The Bible says in James 5 verse 16, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So often we read that and we hear the prayer of a righteous person. It's about being right with God, which is true. You and I can only be right with God through Jesus. Your good works, my good works are never going to cut it. It's either His finished work or nothing. But when you accept Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, you're forgiven of all sin, past sin, present sin, future sin. You're right with God. But the Bible doesn't just say it's the prayer of the righteous person. It's the earnest prayer of a righteous person that produces wonderful results. That word earnest is the Greek word ektenos. Pretty good, I know. <laughs> to be honest, it's quite hard to say. I just probably said it wrong as well. Forgive me to all the people in Greece watching right now. The meaning of this word is properly, fully stretched out. Describing the verbal ideas extended out to its necessary full potential. It's not just the prayer of a righteous person. It's the extended, drawn out, necessary length of time prayer that it causes wonderful things to happen. You know, God birthed this church not out of a planning meeting, but a prayer meeting. You know, that prayer meeting wasn't a 30-minute shundabunda one and done. It was a 10-day waiting period before the Holy Ghost came. Can you imagine if you left day number eight? Like, it's clearly not working. Day number 10 comes by. Oh, dang it. I always leave the party too soon. God responded. Why? Because there was a necessary length of waiting, of persisting, of earnesting. God wants to release things through your life. But sometimes it's not just knocking on the door. Sometimes it's knocking again and again and again until that door opens. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7 to 8, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks or sees, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. What if the difference between asking and receiving is simply that, to keep on? What are the things in your life you've given up on? that God is wanting you to ask again. See, I believe God is wanting to, He's wanting to produce some things through your life. He's wanting to release angels. He's wanting to move in power. But it's not just the prayer that's going to get it over the line sometimes. Sometimes it takes the earnest prayer of a right standing with God person to see wonderful results. 
I've got a silly story, but it fits the bill. I remember a few years ago, who loves a silly story? Uh, thanks, thanks everyone. This will be for you guys. Um, there was a pastor from Melbourne. Her name was Vicky Simpson, Pastor Vicky. And uh, I, she, she prayed for me and gave me a, a great word. It really meant a lot to me. And I was just in conversation with God one day and I was asking God, God, uh, what's the name of that pastor? Um, what's her face? Uh, have you ever forgotten someone's name before? And for some reason, our minds tell us if we think hard enough, we can produce it. Has that ever worked for anyone? It's like, oh, I, I just couldn't do it. And I, I, for the life of me, I couldn't figure it out. And so I prayed to God and I was like, God, I asked, would you remind me of her name? Have you ever just said a prayer just to like see if God will come through on something? It's like, God, I ask that this would happen. In Jesus' name, amen. 30 minutes goes by of other things happening. And I'm like, ah, it's all good. I'll just Google the name. I'm sure I can, if I Google pastors from Melbourne, eventually I'll I'll, I'll land on them. And uh, as I was going to it, I actually felt the Holy Spirit convict me and say, no, no, test me. Ask and keep on asking and see if I will not respond. So I was like, okay, I'll ask. So I asked again, nothing happened. I asked again, nothing happened. A day goes past, asking again, nothing happened. Two days goes past. It's not like I'm only praying about God, what is her name, you know? Meanwhile, my life is in shambles, you know? I'm going late to work, but it's like, what's her name? That's, that's when you become a bit of a psycho and people avoid you. That's how you lose a job at church. Anyway, <laughs> so I was praying in and amongst other disciplines and timeliness of work. Thanks, Pastor Ken. And, uh, I'll never forget, the third day went past and I'm having a dream. And in the dream, an audible voice speaks to me and it says, Vicky Simpson. In my dream, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the name. That's the name. That, uh, you know, like sound asleep. Like in my mind, that's the name. I wake up the next morning, literally in this bedroom. I open my eyes. And I'm like, Vicky Simpson. That, it, God, you're real. God, you're real. He answers prayer. He works. <laughs> And I know it's a silly story, but I I think the principle stands that sometimes we ask and we give up too soon. Sometimes we ask and we don't have the earnestness required. And so we take the closed door as God's will to not respond. But can I tell you, sometimes God closes the door so that you learn to knock again. Sometimes God doesn't respond in your timeline so you can learn to work in His timeline. Sometimes God closes things to stir an earnestness on the inside of you and I. Why? Because not the prayer, it's the earnest prayer of a righteous person that produces wonderful results. And we see this in Acts chapter 12, verse number five says this. Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Verse number six, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put your clothes and sandals, put them on. Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter, follow him out of the prison. Hold up a second. Peter followed him out of the prison. We gotta remember, this is actually real. Like, this isn't like a parable. This is like an actual situation that happened. Peter followed him out of the vision, out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. The church earnestly praying, Peter on death row about to die. Earnest prayer, God responds, releases angels. Miracle literally takes place. Peter saved from that situation, led out of the prison. I wonder what angels in heaven are waiting on assignments from God who is listening to you for your prayer. 
What are the things that God is wanting to move in your life? It's not, it's not that we pray to angels. That's not it. We pray to God. But God has the host of heaven to respond with. He can choose how He wants to respond. He can speak. He can minister. He can send. I want to challenge you. There are things God is looking to birth through your life. There are ministries God is wanting to be born. There are dreams that are inside some of you that have been laying dormant. And I just feel the wind of the Holy Spirit saying, come on, would you ask again? Would you knock again? Would you seek again? Why? Because if you ask and keep on asking, the Bible says you will receive what you ask for. If you knock and you keep on knocking, you the door will be open. And if you seek and keep on seeking, you will find. Church, what are you asking for? What are you knocking on? What door are you knocking on? What are you seeking God for? In other words, what are you praying for? I know for me, my prayer life has been such an area of attack, but I believe God is wanting to awaken the power of your prayer in your life. The enemy knows how powerful you are. Do you know it? And I believe that if we respond by praying specifically, if we respond by praying privately, and if we respond by praying earnestly, we will see God's kingdom come and His will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. Can we give God a massive clap of praise for His word? We love you, God. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet all across this place? Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com. Thank you.